From MPB Think Radio, this is Now You're Talking, and I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Hey, if you've not seen Last Chance You on Netflix, you might want to after today's show. It's a documentary featuring the football season of East Mississippi Community College. Brittany Wagner, who's had a big role in the series, joins us today. She's the academic advisor for the team, and we'll talk with her about her role with the players and her hopes for their futures. Plus, the historic Wells Fest is coming up soon in Jackson. Musician Raphael Sims is a participant, and participant Steve Kane will join us to tell us more. Our question today is this. In your opinion, who's the best singer of all time, deceased or living? Call us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or you can email me at marshall at mpbonline.org. We'll be back after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Hey, welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. I hope you're having a good Monday. Kind of a weird weekend, but, you know, we got through it, so it's okay. Sharita, how are you? Yeah, you had a pretty laid back weekend. You only had like, what? 15, one gig, one gig, one Only church one gig, gig. Uh, a church gig. Okay, so successful. I didn't uh, use any profanity. Yeah, I'd say so you didn't cuss. <laughs> That's good. Yes. I hope you didn't cuss. It was a single women's event, so I was telling them how to, you know, get a man or what, what they're doing wrong. So that's I, keeping them from getting a man. I'm almost actually afraid to ask on <laughs> yeah, that. No, don't ask. I'm we'll not just okay. Leave it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, on that note, we do have a great show today, though. I'm very excited about our guest. Number one, I hope you've had a chance to see Last Chance You. On Netflix. Um, I love Netflix because you can like watch all the TV shows in a season, like in one day. You can binge it. And I got turned on to this pretty early. I heard it, it came out, and I heard it was from, you know, here in Mississippi at East Mississippi Community College. And it's called Last Chance You. And it's following the football season last year. As you know, they have basically been national championship. I think they've won two in a row. And they had a really tough season last year. And this had camera crews following that season. Well, I'm watching it, and I'm thinking, hey, this is some pretty good television. And one of the breakout stars in it was their academic advisor, Brittany Wagner. Well, she will be on the show here in just a few minutes, and I'm really looking forward to talking to her. Her life has really changed a lot, but it stayed the same at the same time. And uh, she really came across fantastic in that documentary, really has a big heart, and it shows. And I think you're going to love that interview as well. You're well, talking about binge watching stuff on Netflix, yes. mm-hmm. Stranger Things. Is, oh my gosh, it's fantastic! Oh my goodness. Well, see now, I, <laughs> this is I'm going to go ahead and come at with you with the old card here. Um, I lived the '80s. I remember Goonies and all the Spielberg stuff and all mm-hmm. that. And it was such a great homage to all the movies that we grew up with. Mm-hmm. And there were little little Easter eggs throughout the whole thing, where it was like little tidbits where you could see, oh, that looks like a little bit of a nod to Stephen King or Steven Spielberg. Or, yeah. You know, the, there was a scene in there where the kids. Kids are trying to escape the government officials on their bikes, mm-hmm. which is just like E.T. Yep. And you expect yeah, you expect Eleven, who is absolutely one of my favorite characters in that whole whole deal, to make the bikes fly because she has these psychic powers. Right. But oh no, she does something that's a little bit of a twist, and you just start <laughs> clapping because it's so good. And uh, you know, it's I'll be interested to see what they do next time for because the, they are going to come out with 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 a second season that, of it. That's something I typically would not have watched. I, I'm usually just watching stand-up comedy on Netflix and and maybe some suspense stuff but mm-hmm. uh someone encouraged me to watch it and i could not stop and i'm really disappointed that it's going to be next year before we 
get another uh, series. I so. know the kids are going to be shaving by the time they get them back on there. Yeah, and I went to look at all the, the, the kids on Twitter, and I was kind of following their little lives, and this is just such a great introduction into acting for them. Sharita, their little lives are more exciting than our lives. They were at the <laughs> Emmys last night, okay? I know. They were handing out peanut butter and jelly sandwiches at the Emmys. <laughs> Speaking of the Emmys, did you watch it? I watched some of it because, okay. you know, I tend to go to bed early, but I did have a few notes that I was, number one, the opening was fantastic. Jimmy mm. Kimmel, that where they started out with the OJ Chase and went <laughs> on, you know, to the different shows. And they had a scene where Jeb Bush was a limo driver. He was an Uber driver for the limo. He said, I can make $12 an hour doing this because I'm in between jobs. He was hilarious. <laughs> and I'm thinking, who is this man? And where was he when he was campaigning? Because he was not that funny. Oh, boy. But it was great. He had a great uh, line. He said, if you run a positive campaign, the people will make the right decision. And Jimmy Kimmel's going, really? And he says, that's a joke, Jimmy. Get out of the car. <laughs> and I thought that was fantastic. But I, I, there were some of the some of the folks that won. I was very glad to see um, Kate McKinnon. I was just for her work on Saturday Night Live is is just genius. And Keenan and Peel got the uh, one for they beat Saturday Night Live. Actually, they are fantastic too. They really are. I mean, just a dynamic duo, and uh, one of them is doing stand-up comedy now. So it's really cool that they are kind of translating what they do on that that uh, Comedy Central thing to the stage now, which is really yeah. cool. Have you seen Keanu their movie? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh, is it, it funny? Uh, yes, it's okay. hilarious, and it's got the cutest kitten you'll ever see in your life in the movie. Now, you see, know, you've got uh, drug dealers and kittens at the same time, so that's just <laughs> that's how funny it is. The so. People versus O.J. Simpson, they won something uh, outstanding limited they series. Got, they got ten, ten Emmys. Oh my goodness, ten. I mean, it was worth it. Well, it the original really Trial of the Century only got eight Emmys, so I mean, they actually beat the original one. So. And I, you know, to be honest, with you, I haven't seen it yet. And everybody said, "Is it wonderful?" But I lived in Southern California when that happened. Oh boy! So I was getting it on my national news, my local news, and my. In- I mean, it was like it was all OJ all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm so sick of that story. And it was just so. But I've heard it's fantastic. It's and, different, man. It, yeah. It's going to bring different emotions out of you. I see uh, Courtney Vance won. Sarah Paulson, who was uh, playing the the lead prosecutor in the uh, OJ Simpson series, and she was really good. She had a good interview on one of our uh, NPR shows. I can't. I think it was Fresh Air when she was talking about studying for that role and how uh, it changed her perspective on the whole case. Yeah. And it, it, yeah, it was just really good. They they did an outstanding job selecting characters for the People versus O.J. Simpson. Well, you know, also the reality competition series, which I didn't know they had an Emmy for that, but The Voice won that. I and saw that. Are you a big watcher of The Voice? I have, This year is the first time I, I just started getting into The Voice, and it is very addictive. It really you, is. I think know. it's better than American Idol. I really do. Okay. Um, you know, I mean, I it's a little lighter. You it's know, a little it's not, lighter, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it seems like they give the singers a little bit more of a chance once they get through to be able to. Yeah, to, the judges to, seem more personal and relatable, uh, yeah. more kind. You think about Pharrell and, you know, they're just they seem like a more encouraging group <laughs> than the idol. The idol seems a little more dramatic. Well, actually, we have somebody in the studio later on that could probably give us her take on that because she has been through the American Idol experience. And, <laughs> and of course, that's Stevie Kane will be joining us, too. And Raphael Sims is here also. Of course, they're going to be talking about Wells Fest. And Wells Fest, uh, it started out, my gosh, was it 1983? I think that was right. I'm trying to remember. My, my brain doesn't work as well. And yeah, okay, I got it right. There you go. And, and so, uh, and it's just grown into something really special. And of course, Stevie will be one of the singers for that. And I'm looking forward to catch up with her too. So it's just, uh, 
Yeah, it was it was good. I mean, there was a scene last night, Leslie Jones, as you know, she got her Twitter account hacked and she had a really funny bit where she came out to the, you know, the guys that usually are guarding the the winners. And she mm-hmm. said, forget the winners. We'll all find out about that. Why don't you go guard my Twitter account? Oh, you know, man. which I thought that was very funny. So <laughs> well, we do have Brittany on the line. Oh, good. Very good. Well, Brittany, welcome. Um, I when the first time I watched the show. I wanted to get you on the show because I thought you were fantastic, and, and it took us so much time to get you to be able to get on. I was afraid that you were going to be too big time before you could ever get on. Oh, no, 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 no. Well, let me <laughs> start. life hasn't changed at all. Your life hasn't changed at all. No, you just went from 171 Twitter followers to about 36,000. That's incredible. It's incredible. Well, you did a great job with it, and I, I, I'd say my hat's off to you because it's hard sometimes when the camera's around and they edit and everything else. You never know how you're going to come out, but wow, that was really good. Well, thanks. Yeah, I mean, I trusted the the people that were here and the crew, the producers. Um, I had kind of re- done my research on what kind of work they had done previously, so I was trusting them that they weren't doing, weren't trying to do a drama-induced reality show, and that they really were trying to um, make it a little bit more of a human interest story than than just a reality show about football. So they did a great job. Yeah, they also did the uh, documentary Mitt, which I thought was very well done too. So that you know, having them come in, how intrusive was that? Having the cameras around you all the time. Yeah, I mean, it is different, and I don't think that you can ever really prepare yourself for that. Um, Certainly, I've I've never experienced anything like it. Um, and, I, you know, I don't think – I never forgot they were here. I never forgot that I was being filmed. But I, but I don't think I really understood when I was – when we were doing the filming for season one, I didn't really understand the, the hugeness of the show and the popularity that it would have. Um, I don't think – I really wrapped my brain around Netflix and just the scope of, you know, the audience that they serve and – um, so it's a little bit harder season two to forget because now I know, um, you know, how exactly how many people are going to be watching it. And um, but you just, you know, you have to try to continue to do your job the way that you would normally do it and continue to try to just be yourself and realizing that authenticity is going to come out looking better than than fakeness. So, yeah, I was going to ask you how tempting that was or how much it would be a temptation now that you know to to start trying to act to the cameras. But it sounds like you've got that one figured out. Yeah, I just, I, you know, I feel like I, I need to I have to just be myself and continue. You know, I do have a job to do regardless of someone's filming it or not. I mean, it is important that I'm giving these players, you know, my full attention and, and doing the best job that I can for them. And so that's my focus is just con- trying to continue to do what I would normally do and, and ho- you know, hope and trust that the editing process will will work in my favor. <laughs> well, it, it, well, I think it did. And I think because it you came across very much like uh, there was a, a documentary called Undefeated and the coach was Bill Courtney in that. And he really cared about his players. And you came across the same way. Your title is Athletic Instructional Advisor and Compliant Assistant, which I believe is the only one in any of the community colleges in Mississippi, if I'm right. But the 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 deal was you came across more like a life coach because you weren't just making sure they were getting A's. You were making sure that they knew how to treat women, that they knew uh, that they showed up to class on time. I mean, tell us about your job because it really is an important part of what, what goes on there. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's it. I have the worst job title in America. Um, <laughs> it doesn't at all describe what I do on a daily basis. But yeah, I think it is more about life coaching and just decision making. 
than it is about the actual grades that they're making in the class or football at all, honestly. I think it's just so much bigger than that. Um, you know, if we can, if I can teach them about time management or just, just making good decisions, valuing who they are as people, um, then I think the other stuff will work itself out. I mean, they'll, you know, they will value education. They will value their futures. They will make good decisions most of the time when it comes to going to class and doing what they're supposed to do if they value themselves and they have confidence in themselves and believe that, that they can do it and that it's important. So to me, if we can teach those lessons, you know, that's going to play out long-term better than me just harping on making sure you're going to English short-term because if they don't understand why and they don't understand that it's important, then, you know, to me that's really – it's using them to play football here and then being done with them. And that's not what I've ever – been about or ever wanted to do you had a great quote i read some one of the, i think it was in the gq um interview it said if you don't make the grades football is gone i mean it sounds like something my mom told me in high school i mean that's that's but that's probably the first time they've ever heard that isn't it yeah and you know i think for it, it shocks me that they're 18 19 years old and they've been in school 12 13 years and no one's ever said that to them but i, I the longer i do this the more that i find out that that's the truth yeah we're going to take that, that people have sugarcoated the, those words throughout their life and they've never been told that. Right. They've been the star. And then that's the, right. the yeah. And then, then now suddenly they end up with y'all and they could find out that, that, you know what, this is a make or break time. Right. Yeah. And, and there's, and, and I wouldn't necessarily say with us that there is a true star. I mean, it, you know, if they don't do it, then there's a backup that's just as good as them. Um, you know, I mean, they come in here and they're fighting for their job every day and yeah. every little thing that they do counts, especially in going to the next level and getting a scholarship opportunity to play somewhere else. You know, they just can't make those mistakes. We're talking with one of the stars of Last Chance You. It's, of course, Brittany Wagner. We're going to take a quick break and we'll, we'll continue this conversation. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Marshall Ramsey. Happy Monday. And we've got a fantastic guest on with us right now. I hope you've had a chance to see Last Chance You on Netflix. Of course, it's based here in Scuba, Mississippi at, at East Mississippi Community College. And I tell you, um, one of the stars of the, of the show, stars, I guess, I mean, just somebody's feature, but did really, looked really fantastic uh, the way that she came across on air was Brittany Wagner, and she's on the air with us right now. Brittany, you're from Clinton, Mississippi. You went to Mississippi State. Did you ever think that, I mean, how young were you when you realized, I want to get involved with sports? Um, you know, I don't think I figured that out until I was 
probably in college. Um, I started out thinking most of my family works in education. So I started out thinking maybe a teacher route um, and kind of kind of thought about maybe majoring in elementary education or um, secondary ed. And then it wasn't until probably I was a sophomore in college where I started realizing that I always gravitated towards the sporting events. I always gravitated towards kind of the athletes that were in classes with me and was very interested in their lives and, and the things that they did on and off their field or court. So was, I was a sophomore in college, and I actually started out at Stanford University in Birmingham, Alabama, and realized that more people went to the library on Saturdays than to the football games. <laughs> so I figured out that it just wasn't the place for me. So I transferred to Mississippi State in the middle of my sophomore year, and that's when I really realized um, what I wanted to do, and I majored in sports communication at Mississippi State. And actually Matt Wyatt and Wayne Madkin were – the two quarterbacks at the time and they were both in the same major with me so we had all of our classes together and um and I loved it I loved every second of that major and then ended up getting my master's degree in sport administration and it was the same thing I was loved it so passionate about it in school for it was always kind of hard for me until that point when I got in those majors and realized that it was something that I loved learning about all of a sudden school and education and those classes everything clicked and it just got so much easier for me when it was something that I actually cared about. One of the things that I think comes across, and I think it's pretty amazing, how calm you seem to remain whenever crisis erupts. And it seems like it erupted every episode. How do you do that? Because, <laughs> I, I mean, I've yeah, got three I boys. I want, I want to learn how do you do that. I've got three boys. i got, I got to learn this talent. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I'll be honest with you, I haven't always been that way. Okay. Um, I think that's something that has developed with me within the last even couple five years, maybe five or three to five years. Um, I've kind of evolved as a person, I guess, in that area. I think having a child of my own has helped me with my patience and just remaining calm and not snapping at every opportunity that I get. Um, also, I mean, there, you know, I do, there were a couple of times last year where I would just get in my car and drive around for a second to kind of clear my brain. Scream your, scream your, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Scream the whole time. And yeah. Um, you know, so that you can come back in, but I also, I mean, I, I, there are a lot of times and I think there's a couple of scenes in season one where you can physically see me doing it mm-hmm. where I'm just taking a deep breath before I respond to something. I mean, there's a scene where Ollie's sitting next to me at my desk and I'm asking and I, t- I tell him to turn his music off and he says, no, it helps me focus. And you can see me just literally taking a big deep breath in and out. And I mean, in that moment, I am saying to myself, you know, okay, <laughs> don't respond the way you want to respond. You know, think about what you're going to say next. Right. And I mean, I think that, you know, I, I have started doing, I did started doing yoga about three years ago. And honestly, I think that just the breathing techniques in yoga have helped me to just calm down in those moments and really think about how I'm going to handle it and to be able to separate the the big things from the small things. Um, but that has not been something that I've always been very good at. I felt like Ollie was one of the other stars out of the out of the series, and it's really neat. I saw you tweet out the other day, you know, how uh, one of his tweets, he's really done well, hasn't he? He has. He's done well. Um, you know, he has his moments, and, and he's, he's had some moments where he struggled since he's been at Nichols, but he's really done well, and I think he gained a lot of confidence here, especially in the classroom. I think it was kind of the first time in his life where he ever – went out on his own and really focused on doing something and was successful at it. I mean, he did well when he was here and 
even through the bumps of the season and the concussion and all that, I yeah. mean, still came out on top and did well. And I think it was really a really great experience for him moving forward. Right. And he's done well at Nichols. And, um, you know, I was so proud to watch him play that first game. And um, it just, this is a, one of the m- proudest moments of my career, I think, has been, you know, Ollie's transition. You realized he had a tough upbringing and, and that this was his chance to be able to escape that, right? Yeah, and, and you know he's he he is a remarkable kid, and we have so many guys that come through here with stories similar than you know yeah. to his. And I look at my own life and my own you know privileged circumstances, and I think, gosh, you know, I've struggled in my life, and I've had it very easily compared to most. And you know, had I gone through some of the things that they had gone have gone through in their lives, I, there's no way that I would have handled some of those situations with the grace that they have and. You know, for him to have gone through what he went through in his life, and he still came in here every single day with a huge smile on his face, and he's the happiest person. And I mean, he just—he has a great attitude and a great outlook on life. And to me, you know, I, there's a lot of times where I sit back and think, you know, Ollie taught me more than I taught him um, because of, because of his attitude and right. how what a happy, grateful person he is. One of the most powerful scenes uh, was when you were talking with John Franklin III when he got caught with the girl coming out of his room, and you were talking to him, trying to get him to understand the female perspective on this. And, and it was like you could tell, AK, I've been through some of this in my life, and also I'm the mother of a daughter. And I felt like that that was incredibly powerful. Yeah, I mean, you know, I am single and, and <laughs> you know, dated in my life or tried to anyway and and i've certainly been through situations like that where you know guys just didn't respect me as a person and and you know i don't know i think in those moments i mean you know these guys are teenagers and and young men and and you know a lot of times what i say i think in that moment they're not going to admit that they're even listening to me but I do think that my voice kind of rings true in their head after they leave this office, and hopefully they do sit down and kind of think about the things that I'm saying. Um, you know, the, the thing that I try to stress with them a lot of times is relationships and are so convenient now. I mean, you can copy and paste a text ten times, you know, and and it doesn't take much effort anymore to communicate with someone or to just shoot a text to someone or a Twitter message and you know, the thing that I'm trying to try to communicate and I was trying to communicate to John is it's more than just, you know, a person behind a phone or a a person behind a body that you may think looks good. I mean, if there's a person in there and a human being in there with feelings and emotions and, you know, put forth some effort, um, you know, be, watch what you say and do and put forth some effort when there's a girl that you're interested in and think about it as, as more of a, an investment in someone rather than just, you know, a, a good time for five minutes or, or a text that you're sending out. It's just so easy now to. Yeah, to, def- definitely. Well, yeah, Brittany. And, and they don't think about what they're doing. Right. What? No, what? An 18, 19, 20 year old kid not thinking about what they're doing? Come on, I'm shocked. I mean, I mean, I used to be one of those, I think. I don't remember it. It was a long time ago. Hey, look, I appreciate you taking time out. I know how busy you are and with the season getting started, and I look forward to season two and seeing how that turns out as well. And I just wanted to say thank you for one thing. The whole time I watched it, and every time they showed your office, I saw one of my cartoons up on the bulletin board. And I got the yes. biggest grin on my face. I felt like I was hanging in the Louvre there. I mean, I was I was really, it's like, wow, I'm famous now. So thank you. Yeah, 
I love that cartoon, and I actually have the other one that you did with me. That I made you look um, old in? Yeah, okay. That you made me look old in? Yeah. yeah. My mom actually saved it for me, and she's got it framed, and I um, actually just hung it up today. So now there are two Marshall Ramsey cartoons. Well, I promise I will get you the original <laughs> cartoon, because I now know where you are, so I will mail it to you. How does that sound? Uh-oh. That's awesome. That's thank awesome. Yeah. Br- Brittany, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. All right. Well, tell you what, after the break, we got a couple special guests on, Raphael Sims and Stevie Kane. You're going to love them. They're fantastic. And we got a great question of the day is, who's the best singer of all time? Deceased or living? You can throw either one out. Call us at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Of course, we have a great question of the day for you. Who is the best singer of all time, deceased or living? You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. I say Sharita. That's oh, no. the greatest singer of no, all time. No, you don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. Greatest squealer. I, I'm, not, I'm not that great of a singer. My mother is. She's my favorite singer of all time. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. She has a very powerful, uh, old-school gospel voice. And so, since she is listening to the show. That's she a, may not be. She's, uh, you know, doing some working. So I don't I don't know if she's uh, listening this morning, so I'm not just trying to appease her. That's, uh-huh. that's the truth. <laughs> no, she's she, very talented. Obviously, you got your talent from somewhere. So now, I would know. love to hear Raphael's answer and Stevie's about who they think is the best singer of all time. That's a hard question. I mean, Rolling Stones released, uh, Rolling Stone released this list of a hundred folks and I mean, they have Aretha Franklin, Mary J. Blige on it. Many names I didn't agree with on there, but it's really hard to narrow down. It's funny because, you know, I put, we put the question up on Facebook and on Twitter and people are struggling with it. They're mm-hmm. like, one? Uh, yeah, just one. Can I give you 10? You know, it's, it's stuff like that. Or top three, top five. Yeah. That would be There good. was a lot of Elvis thrown in there. I was surprised. I had a lot of people say Elvis, which... You know, I mean, no, Elvis is good. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, the thing about Elvis is Elvis would have probably been a better actor than he was. But Colonel Tom kept putting him in these really cheesy roles. If he'd actually gotten something, some of the roles like Brando got, he could probably pulled it off because he was an incredible actor as well as that. Now, so. here's one I agree with. Connie says Whitney Houston. Now, if I had to narrow down one of my favorite singers, it would be Whitney Houston. She has the purest voice I'd ever seen, heard before, you know, some of the, the other stuff came along. Uh, but, I mean... Even Beyonce, I put Whitney above Beyonce. Anybody, oh, Whitney yeah. Houston, is oh yeah, no, she, on top of my list. When she came out, everybody's like, going, "Huh, what?" You know, and, <laughs> and it got better. Her well, voice got better when she was during the Gulf War when she sang the national anthem for the, at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. That was just one of those seminal moments. And you know, here we were in the middle of a war. We didn't even know if we were going to have the Super Bowl or not. And everybody just went, "What?" Right? Yeah, because I mean, that's of course. I think it was. I think she's lip syncing it, but she still sang it, and it was just incredibly powerful. So I don't, I don't know, Raphael. What, who do you think? Who's, who, who would you say is the best? Well, I, I, you, you'd call <laughs> cop out on me if I started asking you what genre, but I, I think uh, I don't know. It's Mahalia Jackson's pretty close. Mm, yeah, that's that's, a, that's strong. That's strong as onions. Yeah. yeah, that's a good pick, Stevie. What do you think? Well, I agree with you definitely about Whitney Houston. Okay, for sure. Excellent. Uh, her uh, Eva Cassidy. Mm, that's another good piece. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. she was just real natural 
Um, and uh, Marvin Gaye. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I mean, he can his octave range is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, like most of his uh, mainstream stuff, you know, didn't really show that crazy octave. But a lot of his kind of underground uh, songs that not a lot of people heard, mm-hmm. he really. Oh it's yeah, a cool octave range for sure. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. Steve, you got three, so I'm going to throw in. Uh, I'm going to throw in. Let's see, George Jones and uh, let's see. <laughs> Chris Christopherson. No, I'm just kidding. I love Chris Christopherson. Yeah, and I think there's something too for the, the guys that are you know or women that are older that still have their voice. I've always been amazing. Like James oh, Taylor, yeah. apparently, you know, going to the methadone clinic every third day has helped him preserve his voice because he's got the guy's you know nearly 70 years old and he still sounds the he same sounds as he did when he was 20 years old. It's incredible. Yeah. You know, some guys blow. Their voice out, you know, because they just can't physically do it, you know. And I hope my drawing ability stays with me, for instance. But <laughs> on that, so, but Raphael, Stevie, thank you both for coming in today. And and of course, we got Wells Fest coming on, and and Wells Fest has been around how many years now? Thirty three. Thirty three. Good grief. So yeah, it's wild. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a long time. It's it's ancient. No, just kidding. Um, yeah. I was 15 when it well, started. Well, so. Yeah, Malcolm yeah. White uh, started it, so it's got to be. And what a great story that is, too, because he got married, and Keith Tonkel, of course, this is benefits Wells Church. It did originally. Yeah. And he got married. Keith married him, yeah. and he basically said, here's some money. And Keith's like, no, I don't need money. And Malcolm said, well, the only thing I really know how to do is to put things together. And that's kind of how it got born. Yeah. Keith said, well, how about a music festival in there? Yes. Yeah. 33 years later right and it's you know it's a friendly alcohol free pretty much a family friendly type event you know and i gotta tell you since you brought that up i've got to tell you this this is one of the this is probably the most uh humorous of the uh wells fest uh, asides and M- M- uh, malcolm in the early going first or second year he was actually asked by one of the musicians you know he was kind of asking him to play and he was running it down and he said uh and the, and he said and uh, and by the way I must tell you it's a drug and alcohol free festival and the musician actually said oh free drugs free alcohol I'm there <laughs> true story true story but he was he was probably shocked by the time it came around well wait a minute look at my contract right here Stevie you're playing on um, from eleven thirty to twelve is when your set is mm-hmm. nervous. No, no, I played last year, so I'm okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so you know how to do it. So you're good. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's everybody there is really, really good people, and they're really supportive. And yeah, it's a loving festival. You were born so, in Baton Rouge. You, you ended up here in Mississippi. Why Mississippi's home? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, I pretty much grew up here. Okay. So. My car broke down. I can't leave, kind of thing. So, <laughs> no, yeah. no, it's been good. And and yeah, you've been you yeah. play around locally a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, you had a stint on American Idol. Yeah, I did. Talk about that, that, because that has to be fairly. You walk into the room and you're standing in front of the judges, and it's like you got three minutes to make it or break it. Yeah, it was. Um, well, the, the first audition was uh, in New Orleans, and yeah. there was about seventy five hundred people there, and it was in a, uh, the Superdome. And um, so I went through that, and then there was like ten more stages, you know, to go through because there was like I think a hundred and almost seventy thousand audition that season. Wow. So there's a lot of people. So they have to go through all these steps, and it took a while just to get to the, you know, it's the celebrity judges. Yeah. And, um, so to say that you go through producers before you get oh, to the, yeah, yeah, yeah you got to go through a bunch of sets of uh, producers, and they were really nice. There yeah. were a bunch of there was a couple of English guys there, and um, I think they pretty much run the show. And um, one thing, like not a lot of people know, is uh, I don't I don't think the celebrity judges actually do. The judging, I think they kind of dealt them, 
Oh, know, okay. What does it, yeah, because it had earpieces in and stuff. I don't know. Oh, Weird. that sounds kind of like this job. That's <laughs> 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 very similar, actually. I feel like you've got a great story about Stevie. You said you had an early encounter with her, and you knew she was going to be talented. Yes, I did. Uh, I actually played for her sister's wedding, and at eight years old, Stevie jumped right up on that stage next to me, got on that microphone, and we did I'm Henry the Eighth I Am by yeah. Herman's Hermits. <laughs> that was your impressive yeah. selection. Yeah. And you, yeah. were, you knew that at eight? Oh, yeah. Like, I was into very strange music for a child. <laughs> <laughs> well, did you grow up in a musical household? Or oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I grew up listening to John Denver and um, James Taylor. Yes. Yeah. All kinds of older stuff. A little bit of Led Zeppelin, you know, Sam Cooke. Yeah, that's you know that's funny because it's funny what my, I've got kids now and they like they love Led Zeppelin. Oh, good! And they're like, that's hey, awesome. Dad, I found this band. It's called Nirvana. You ever heard of it? <laughs> yeah, I have actually. You know, so it's good yeah. though. At least they have good taste in music. So it sounds like you grew up in a good place to learn and so forth. And when did you pick it up and decide you were going to do this for try to do this for a living? Well, uh, always loved singing um, since I was about three. I walked around the house singing all the time. But uh, I started playing the violin when I was five, so okay. that kind of got me into music and wanting to play. And then I turned about 12 or so, and I thought the violin wasn't cool anymore. So ah. I picked up a guitar, <laughs> started songwriting and stuff. So. so when you show up to the party with the violin, it doesn't have the same effect no, as when no, you have a guitar? No, it's not as cool. It's not as cool. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> know. <laughs> do you still play the violin? Can you? Yeah, I oh, do, really? actually. I just played it for the first time the other day uh, for a couple months at Kind of put it down every now and then, so yeah. But I'm going to start playing it again, kind of incorporating yeah. it. Yeah, Raphael, you started. You start off. You're a bass player, of course. You yes. play by ear. Yeah. But I, the thing yeah. about you that I always love that you were born the same year rock and roll was born. That's okay, right. That's that's great on a business card. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And and uh, you know I tell you I also Marshall I got to say I was excited about today because uh, uh, we had the opportunity for two fine musicians to meet. You know, your Sharita. Yeah. There's a there's a heck of a drummer who I've had the pleasure of playing with before. And yeah, but oh, she's getting you. she's getting lazy now though. She just thinks she can just yuck it up and make yeah, money. yeah, the stand up comedy thing. Well, you can do your own rim shots, you know. Yeah, I'm, so. trying, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to incorporate my drumming into my comedy. That you can be the well, just watch Craig Ferguson because he does the same thing. He's, oh, a, yeah. he's a drummer who became a comedian. So there yeah. you go. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, we have a call on the line. Terry is in Alabama and he wants to talk about uh, his best singer. Good morning, Terry. Hey, Terry. Good morning. How's it going, guys? Great. Thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Oh, yeah. That's a good question. That's really a tough question. Uh, you want to go male and female and all that, but um, when I think of a singer or singer, two people come to mind that kind of stop me on my track whenever I hear them, and it'll be first Aretha Franklin. I always have to listen to her. And second is Randy Crawford. Uh, that's another voice. I, just, yeah. I always stop to listen to that beautiful voice. And uh, I think about a male, I think about Sam Cooke. Uh, it's, uh, mm -hmm. He also has a great voice. So it's hard to just name just one because there's so many good singers out there, but those are my picks. Yeah, those are, those are strong. Picks. Yeah, very strong. All right. Thanks, Terry. So, oh, you yeah. So Sam Cooke. I didn't even think that. Yeah. Yeah. Good yeah. stuff on that. Listeners, we'd love to hear from you, uh, your best singers of all time. If you can't narrow it down to one, we'll take your top three, okay? One, right. One, one lady, one guy, if you, you prefer, 877-MPB-RING is the number, 877-672-7464. A lot of talent has come through Wells Fest, too. Some of the, you know, Mac McAnally a couple of years ago. I mean, you think about that, we've interviewed him on the show, and... I mean, but you've had a lot of local folks, but, I mean, that usually is a lot of talent. Well, you know, what's extraordinary about about that is that all of these musicians 
perform for free from yeah. day one. Really? And yeah, I mean, no, nobody's Stevie been paid. Stevie just looked at me like, "What?" <laughs> yeah, right. You're still going to play, right, Steve? Free drugs and, and free alcohol, and, you know. <laughs> and Mac, uh, Mac, there, there's an interesting little uh, little thing about Mac's appearance. You know, I, I told Mac I, he had actually come over from. I think he had a gig in South Carolina. Uh, you know, and he just came straight on over here and played the gig. And I asked him about it, and and I just said, you know, Mac, I mean, you're just giving from your heart, and I, you know, I mean, you know, we can't pay and everything. Really, just appreciate it so much. And he told me that that one of the main motivators for him was that Keith Tonkel was somebody that, yeah. from a very young age, he had looked up to. Yeah. That, that his uh, father, I believe, was a, um, a preacher up in around Tupelo mm-hmm. and that Keith would come to visit as a young minister. Really? And Max said, he, I just thought he was so cool. And of course, you know, Keith's involvement in the things of the day, the civil rights movement, different things where he really made a difference. I mean, Mac had an early, uh, a p- a picture of Keith as someone he really admired. So he, he came running to do Wells Fest. I tell you the thing about Keith, that Keith has made such a huge difference in Mississippi, but I mean, even when he's had some huge health challenges, he still inspired people. I mean, it's just incredible. His spirit is so much stronger than, the, than the flesh. So I'm out walking the other day and, uh, of course I was driving, but, <laughs> yeah. but anyway, he, uh, he's, yeah, he's, he gets it every day, man. Yeah, he had to he had to dive off the road because you almost hit him. Is that right? <laughs> no, well, yeah, probably no, just, wearing these glasses today. Stevie, you you, I think would you end up being ninety sixth mm-hmm. on American Idol? Yeah, I think you got I think you got rooked. You should That's have been much right. higher. So, oh, thank you. Yeah, so I'm not just saying that because you're in here. You've got a beautiful voice, and I'm going to get you to to of course sing us a song here in a second. But um, do you think you'll ever take another crack at another show like that? Um. Well. Raphael's trying to get me to do the voice. <laughs> trying to get to the voice. Yeah, so I might do that. I think you. I yeah. think you could do quite well with that. Yeah, you know. Um, Is that tough though? After you you didn't make it, do you feel like sometimes? Well, I don't know if I want to go through that pressure again. Well, the thing is, when I when I went an audition for American Idol, I was nineteen. Yeah. And when I was on the show, I was twenty. About I don't know six years ago, I hadn't had any experience at all when I did it. Oh wow! So, yeah, I mean at all, yeah. and I kind of got influenced. Oh, go do it and. I had never sang in front of people, barely, so I was really nervous. I've had a lot more experience now, and I think I wouldn't. It was my nerves that got in the way and just not being able to learn new songs sure. in time and, you know, not being as good on the guitar. So, yeah, I just maybe after some experience, I think I wouldn't be as nervous and, you know. So having that kind of that kind of um, practice, just getting up there every day before a crowd, you feel like now, this isn't going to be nothing. Yeah, it's not as... Um, which coach would you want to go? What would you want to pick you? Oh, man. Well, they have a new set of judges now. Is Miley uh, Cyrus a judge now? Yes, yeah. she is. Okay. Pharrell yeah. still on? I think so. Alicia Wait. Keys. Yes, yeah. Alicia Keys. Uh, Adam Levine and who else? And uh, Blake Shelton. Blake, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he'll, yeah. he'll never leave. No, <laughs> no he won't no. ever. They he, can't take he enjoys that too much, definitely, oh, yeah. on that. Met his wife on there. Yeah. Well, his current wife. We got some callers on the best singer. So I guess we'll start with Fred from Ocean Springs. Hey, Fred, who do you think's the best singer? Marilyn McCoo. Marilyn McCoo. Remember her? Yeah. Man, greatest female voice in pop music ever. Very smooth voice. Yeah, real pretty. All right, All thanks. Right. Thanks, Fred. That's a good call. Yep, Thank yep. you. All right, we got Kathy in Natchez. Hello, Kathy. Was just down in Natchez this weekend helping the Humane Society. So, how are you? Doing fine, doing fine. I want to speak on uh, some of my favorites. Uh, I just forgot about it, but Sade, one of my favorites. 
favorites. My oh, dad yeah. didn't yeah. have too many. He didn't have too many CDs when we were growing up, but he had uh, Charlie Pride and he had Sade. <laughs> but Sade was one of my favorites, and also Natasha Bedingfield and Al Green. And one that I really love now is Kawana Shante, and that's somebody that you introduced to me through MPB, and me and my daughter went to see her in concert. Oh, yeah, Tawana's awesome. Oh, very, very talented. That's what we try to do here at MPB. That's why we have Stevie on, so you can be introduced to new folks all the time. Thank you for the call, Kathy. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. we got Maurice in Belzona. Hello, Maurice. How are you? Good morning. How are you this morning? Fantastic. Thanks for calling. Who's your favorite? Uh, my favorite, Dion Warwick and Roberta Flack. Both of those oh. ladies had some sultry voices that would uh, uh, put a baby to sleep or make a grown man. Uh, dry eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so the baby sleep and a grown man dry eyes. I love that. That's fantastic. Well, that's very good. They, they, they were awesome. They were awesome in that time, and I think both of their careers just lasted too short. Yeah. Uh, great thing. Great music could have come out of them and did come out of them. I look for much more out of both of them, and I don't know what happened in their history, but it kind of died out. And Dion Warwick being the auntie, I believe, a cousin of. Whitney Houston, but Dion yep. Warren was one of my favorite. Fantastic, Roberta Flack. Oh yeah, oh yeah, Maurice. Thank you so much. Great pick. Great call. Sure, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Y'all have a great day. And thanks you for too. listening too. Tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. Our question of the day is this: Who's the best singer of all time? We've gotten some great answers so far, and we're going to hear a pretty darn good singer too. Yeah, that's right. And you're going to hear a little bit of her right now. Stevie is right, going to be joining us. Stevie Kane will be singing. This is now your, after the break, this is now you're talking on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Among the stars, let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. Welcome back. This is Now You're Talking on MPB Think Radio. Now that's a smooth voice right there if I've ever heard one. I think things were smoother back then. They really were. I don't know. Anyway, we've got Raphael Sims and Stevie Kane is joining us in the studio. Stevie's going to actually sing us a song because she's good at that. That's what she does. And she'll be tomorrow night. She'll be at Arts Night, right? Is that right, Raphael? Yes. 
Yes. You'll be at the uh, Wells Fest Art Night tomorrow night at Dooling Hall. Yeah. And uh, she and the venerable Steve Chester, are, it's going to be Steve and Stevie, they're going to be playing together and singing together. It's going to be great. And that starts right at 5.30 p.m. Fantastic. Leads into the auction. Dueling Hall, which, of course, is in the Fondren area of Jackson. That's so, right. Yeah, That's check right. it out. Yeah. So, Well, Stevie, what are you going to sing for us? Um, I think I'm going to do Sam Cooke. Okay. Uh, bring it on home. Sounds great. It was either that or uh, Sade, but... I'll do this one. Okay. If you ever change your mind about leaving, leaving me behind. Bring it to me, yeah. Bring your sweet loving. Bring it home to me. Say, yeah. Cause I know I laughed when you laughed. But no, I know. To me, yeah. bring your sweet love, bring it on home to me. Say, hey. cause I'll give you jewelry, hear my tune that ain't not. To me, yeah. bring your sweet loving, bring it on home to me. So, one more thing I try, I try to treat you right, but you stayed out, you stayed out. That amazing sound you just oh, heard wow. was Stevie Kane. Amazing. Yeah. I moved to tears. That was awesome. I, folks, you. I think I just want to let you know that you guys are listening to a future star. So, Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to happen for you. That's incredible. Please go on The Voice. Please go. Seriously. <laughs> go, go, go. Stevie, yeah. where can folks get your music and, and stuff? Uh, well, uh, they or, can go to steviekane.com. I, I was lucky enough to be able to get my name as a website. So it's oh, just, good. Yeah, S-T-E-V-I-E. C-A-I-N dot com and I, I got all my gig dates on there and 
and uh, music, and I'm trying to work on a CD now and uh, uh, put that on there. Yeah, that so. needs to happen as soon as possible. Yeah, we'd love to I, see yeah, I, really, I really do want to have you on my phone listening Aww. to you. Yeah, that was, that was fantastic. So. Marshall, we have one more call. Uh, Greg in Arkansas hung up, but he said Cassandra Wilson was his favorite, who is just a, a local legend here, yeah. um, jazz musician and uh, singer. Uh, Cassandra Wilson is amazing. I'm sure, Rafi, have you played for her before? Yeah, and, of course. Don't, don't forget Grammy winner. Yes, yeah. Grammy yeah. Award winner right yeah. here from Mississippi. Time Magazine cover, The, the yep. Future of Jazz. Amazing. <laughs> just um, incredibly talented. Yeah. Last call goes to Roger in Florence. Good morning, Roger. Hey, Roger. Oh, I can't let the morning go by without reminding people of maybe the the greatest voice, maybe not the most popular throughout all genres, all all people. Luciano Pavarotti. That's all. Oh yeah, yeah. My kids actually downloaded one of his CDs. I'm like, okay, and and it's like, I was like, okay, my 16 year old's listening to Pavarotti. It's like that's okay. So that's that, awesome. that works. That's pretty cool. Uh, Raphael, run down the details on Wells Fest so folks can find out more information. We'll do that. I, ju- I just want to say real quickly that at eight o'clock we have the the Wells Fest 5K followed at nine o'clock by the one mile fun run. Nine thirty the pet parade. Maybe Keanu will be there. And at, <laughs> at, at 10 a.m., um, we start the uh, uh, two stages of live music continuously until 5. We urge people to get there at 10 and stay all day because the early acts are great. At 10 o'clock, we have the Wells Review with Bob Gates, James Martin, and Jamie Ward. Uh, Jackie McGinnis, 10.30, we've got Leo and Cucho playing Brazilian jazz. The New Bourbon Street Jazz Band will be at 11. 11.30, Stevie Kane. Uh, 12 12 30 steve chester with tracy Furness. 12 30 the accidentals with gina Steele. 1 15 we have russell welch from new orleans playing gypsy jazz and he's a jackson boy we are thrilled to have and he moved uh, heaven and earth to be able to do this for us the great dexter allen blues artist is will be on at two o'clock 245 um acoustic crossroads 330 chris gill and soul shakers 415 the patrick harkins man and, Marshall, all of this is to benefit the Center for Violence Prevention. They are our beneficiary this year, and they are a magnificent organization that uh, provides emergency shelter for uh, uh, women, children, uh, they even uh, victims of human trafficking, everything. And the funds from Wells Fest this year will support the construction of a trauma facility, especially to help children. So we are really urging everybody to come on out come to art night tomorrow night white waters and some other great artists will have art available yeah and then uh saturday we'll see you at wells fest Raphael, thank you stevie thank you i just you. sent out your your concert out to everybody on my social media because it's that good i want everybody to be able to hear it steviekane.com yeah all right great show hey i want to leave you with five things that'll make your week better this is from the american psychological association this is if you're stressed out number one take a break from that stressor which means i walk away from my kids for about 20 minutes Two, exercise three smile or laugh our brains are connected so learn to laugh it would drive you crazy four get social support call a friend if you need it or five meditate just take a deep breath all right great show great day i hope y'all enjoyed it we'll see you again next week this is now you're talking coming up next is southern remedy a brown eyed girl Tuesday and so slow Gone down the old man With a transistor radio